Maintenance tonight. You, Can I tell you that? You say that every day, all the time. No, this is the most high maintenance I've ever seen you. You rearranged the living room. I do it every time. No, you don't. You, I was right just there born. Chair. I was just born this morning. Now you're you seven pillows, and I need <laughs> this, and I need my big beer. And Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. welcome to another episode of American, American Timelines. Timelines. I'm Amy, and I'm Tyne Daly. No, you're Joe. I'm what? You're Joe. I'm TV's Time Daily from no. TV's Cagney and Lacey. You wish. You oh wish. God, I wish I was. I know you wish. Unfortunately, I'm not. But uh, nope. welcome to episode 17, I believe. Yes, it's uh, part two of 1984. Yes. 1984 part two. We just left off with Leo Jellison, bad motherfucker. Wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden I started reading from George Orwell's 1984? Like, And chapter 15. You actually should. Instead of doing a podcast, we just read that book. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think so. The Beauty Queen Killer, Christopher Wilder. Sunday, April 15th. So, continuing his aimless hunt, he stops for gas in the afternoon on in Colebrook, New Hampshire, unaware that he had reached the end of his run. Pass- yeah, he thinks he's going to keep on going. Yes. Passing by the service station, state troopers Wayne Fortier and Leo Jellison recognize his car from the FBI description. Leo Jellison? Yep. That's the greatest name ever. Leo Jellison. I'm Leo Jellison, bitch. So, Pull over. So approaching the vehicle, they call out to Wilder, and they saw him break for the car, diving inside as he went for his pistol. Don't move, freeze. I'm Leo Jellison. Yep. What the fuck? Jellison leapt on the fugitive's back, struggling for the 357 Magnum, and two shots rang out. The first passed through Wilder and pierced Jellison's chest, lodging in his liver. The second snuffed out Wilder's life, resulting in what a coroner termed cardiac obliteration. Who made the shots? Wilder's violent death, ironically, did not resolve at the tangled case. He um, he was. The other guy shot? or The was, other guy shot. The other cop? No, he did. He, while, shot. he was shot, shooting himself. He was shooting himself. He was trying to kill himself because he said he would never be taken alive. Oh, okay. But Jellison got shot too. Yes, in the liver. But he, was okay. but he lived. Yeah. Ah, oh, what's his first name again? Leo. Leo Jellison. Yep. That's the coolest name ever. I'm Leo Jellison, motherfucker. So Cheryl Bonaventure Jellison. I gotta Google that. So Cheryl Bonaventure's body was recovered in Utah on May 3rd, the victim of a point blank gunshot wound. Michelle Kaufman was found in the. Angeles, Angeles, Angeles National Forest on May 11th, but another month would pass before she was identified. Wait, these are other people that he had These killed? are the ones that they he's already killed, but they found their bodies now. Oh, the ones that we had already talked about, yes. you mean? So with his death, Christopher Wilder was inevitably linked with other unsolved crimes. A pair of girls aged 10 and 12 identified as mugshot as the likeness of a man who snatched them from a park in Boynton Beach in June of 1983. Um, his name was likewise linked with other deaths and disappearances across two decades in Australia and America. Oh, so he was doing it there then, too? 
Yeah, and these are just other things. That, like in 1965, these two women um, accompanied a young man matching Wilder's description into the beachfront dunes near Sydney, Australia, um, strangled, raped, and stabbed their bodies. And, and stabbed, their bodies were discovered in a shallow grave, but no one has been charged to date. But uh, in 1981, there were these two teenagers were abducted from a mall in Lee County, Florida, and um, one of them was later found stabbed to death while the other remains missing. During 1982, the skeletal remains of unidentified women were unearthed on two separate occasions near property owned by Wilder. One victim had been dead for several years and the other for a period of months. And the list goes on and on. There's, oh, yeah. there's, there's at least, I'm counting, like eight more women. And Was it New Hampshire? Where was it that Leo Jell- where they caught him? New Hampshire. New Hampshire, right? There was a final ghoulish twist to Wilder's story. Following an autopsy on April 13, 1984, Dr. Robert Christie, the New Hampshire pathologist in charge of Wilder's case, received a phone call from a man claiming to represent Harvard University. Wilder's brain was wanted for study, the caller explained, in order to determine whether defect or disease had sparked his killing spree. Dr. Christie agreed to deliver the brain on receipt of a written request from Harvard. Two weeks later, he was still waiting, and spokesman for the university's medical school denied making any such request. Somebody wanted his brain? I don't know. It was a ghost. It was his ghost. Why would he want his brain? I don't know. I want my brain. <laughs> That's what you think it was. <laughs> you think it was a ghost of a box of cereal? <laughs> I want my brain. So that's why you brought that up. We thought it was a ghost. <laughs> well, I mean, what else was it? <laughs> well, some weirdo that wants a brain. I don't know. It has any significance to anything. <laughs> well, it's weird that somebody um, would do that. Well, I call up lots of places asking for brains. <laughs> that's why I think it was a ghost. Maybe it was just a loose cannon Harvard professor. Anyway, Sunday, April 15th. We got a long year to get through now. That was that was good. I thought that was really good. Right. That was a great one. Yeah, good. that was cool. That was very exciting. Sunday, April 15th, 1984. British comedian Tommy Cooper had a heart attack and died on live television. Ooh. The audience all assumed it was part of his act. And, and, laugh, and, and they laughed and applauded during the final moments. And you can actually see it on YouTube. Ugh. I watched it like seven times. You did? I couldn't stop watching. Why are you watching? It's a guy dying. Uh, he died. Yeah, he totally just dies. And there's a lady. He's a magician oh, and a comedian. God. And he's got like an, a beautiful assistant that's helping him. There's all these magic props. And he just like, he's wearing a Shriner's hat. And he just kind of like falls. And then she just she sees him fall. And she yeah. just like smiles. She just assumes he's doing something stupid. Oh, my God. And she just keeps going. Nobody comes to his rescue. And then he just like, you see him breathing. And then he just slumps over and falls on his back. Oh my like, god. He falls on his butt and it's just like laying there motion like yeah. out of it and then he falls on his back. Oh my it's lord. It's terrible, but I watched it over and over cuz I just I don't know. Why? I've never seen someone actually die before, I don't think. Oh my god, you're you're see you're just as dark as I am. Well, you've turned me in. You've made this you've made me this you way. You watched somebody die. You've turned me into this. Wow. It's weird. It's crazy. So you look that up. British comedian Tommy Cooper heart attack. It's 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 on there. Pretty crazy. Friday, May 4th, 1984, 16 Candles came out. That's right. Do you know anything about 16 Candles? Um, I Not much. I know that Jim Carrey auditioned for the role of the the 
geek. He probably had to after his his sitcom tank. Yeah, and then Viggo Mortensen almost got the role of Jake Ryan. Um, Who's guy, Jake Ryan? Is that the love interest at the end that she? Ends oh, up Anthony with. Michael Hall. No, the one she ends up with, and Jake Ryan was the guy who played him was twenty three years old. Jake Ryan. Yeah, that was the he name wasn't of the even character. Born yet. That was the name of the character. Oh, who almost played it? Viggo Mortensen. Oh, Viggo. Oh, that guy was around then. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Those are good tidbits. Saturday, May fifth, nineteen eighty four. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles first appeared in comic books. In cereal. No, not cereal. <laughs> they did have a cereal. They did, but not yet. And they were they weren't in cartoons until nineteen eighty seven. Oh. It was a comic book originally. And uh it appeared in May nineteen eighty four at a comic book convention in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh Friday, May eleventh, nineteen eighty four. Mm-hmm. A haunted castle. Yeah. A haunted castle. Haunted Castle was a haunted attraction at Six Flags Great Adventure Amusement Park in Jackson Township, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, on May eleventh, nineteen eighty-four, mm-hmm. a fire destroyed the attraction, oh. trapping and killing eight teenage visitors. Six Flags Great Adventure and its parent company, Six Flags, were indicted for aggravated manslaughter and accused of recklessly causing the deaths by taking inadequate precautions against the fire. Wow. In the trial, the prosecutor argued that repeated warnings by safety consultants to install sprinklers or smoke or fire alarms had been ignored. Mm -hmm. The defendants denied any culpability and contended that the fire was arson and that no amount of precautions would have saved lives. Oh, wow. The trial jury found the defendants not guilty. Okay. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that same night, uh, that same day, mm-hmm. uh, match game Hollywood Squares Hour. Yeah. Did you know that they combined those two game shows? No. And, yeah. During the day, they tried to combine. It wasn't them. like one of them the first no, half. It, w- the, the it was one. match game Hollywood Squares Hour. It was Gene Rayburn. Yeah. And there was another guy that did the Hollywood Squares part. Yeah. Was, I think it was the same celebrities. And they had Days of Our Lives stars on it that day. Oh, okay. Wednesday, May 23rd, 1984, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was Oh, okay. Well, just a year later, huh? Wasn't it? Of the last one? Yeah. Was that, I think it was two two years ago. Oh, it was? Wasn't it? I feel like it was just last year. I can't remember. I don't remember if it was. I don't know. Okay, what's that? I'm stupid. I never know. Um, something interesting about that, though, is... Uh, while filming the whipping scene, which I don't really remember in the Temple Mm-mm. of Doom, but there's, you know, he had that whip. Yeah. The crew played a practical joke on Harrison Ford. While he was chained to a large stone, Barbara Streisand appeared, oh. dressed in a leather dominatrix outfit. She proceeded to whip him, saying, That's for Hanover Street, the worst movie I ever saw. She continued whipping him for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and making all that money. Carrie Fisher then threw herself in front of Ford to protect him, and Irvin Kirshner chided director Steven Spielberg, is this how you run your movies? This entire sequence was filmed. So oh, wow. Film somewhere. Which, uh, you didn't watch that, though? No, I didn't find that. I didn't. Uh, I actually didn't really didn't care. read that yeah. whole thing. I just grabbed it. And I just read it just now. Yeah. Saturday, May 26th, 1984. Yeah. We got a new number one song on the Billboard charts. Denise Williams, Let's Hear It for the Boy. Let's hear it for the boy. 
I want to give the boy a chance. Yeah, I don't have anything for that. I do. Oh. In fifth grade, uh, there was a talent show. Yeah. And at Lark Elementary School in Northwood, Ohio. Yep. And Crystal Alexander and Robin Bussinger performed a dance number to this song. Oh, there you go. And they had top hats. Okay. And they were like dancing around with like top hats and canes and it was stupid. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and uh it was I, stupid. I hope they listen because guess what? It sucked. <laughs> uh, God. I'm sorry, it just wasn't good. Uh but what was way better was Steve Bishop and my rendition of Weird Al's I Lost on Jeopardy. It was in the same talent show. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, was yours great. was genius. It was great. It was the greatest talent show ever. Tuesday, May 29th, 1984, the first ever episode of Tuesday Night Titans, hosted by Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred oh, Hayes. Oh, jeez. Uh, it was awful. Yeah. They did an awful feature. You know, it was, they were trying to do like a Tonight Show. Yeah. Oh, no, Vince you're kidding. Mc, Vince McMahon was Johnny Carson and Lord Alfred Hayes, one of the... Wrestling commentators, oh, old wrestler kidding. was like Ed McMahon. Why? Yeah, so he's at the desk, and so they bring up different wrestlers who are just like are trying to talk. And it's it's clear, especially this episode. You can yeah. watch it on the WWE Network. You can watch it, and it's it's obvious it's new, and he's trying to something stupid. And yeah, so he does all these little clips of wrestling, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they had this guy called uh, Doctor D. David Schultz. They did this whole feature. We're going to go see how his family life is. And he was a bad guy. So they're trying to make him into a bad oh. guy. So they go to his family life in Tennessee. And he's real country. And they show him with his wife, like, screaming at her to get get in the kitchen. And her food sucks. And oh, why is she cooking for me better woman? And They don't need any more time to act. I know. And he's got like, two- their acting skills are so <laughs> bad in the first place. Well, and he's got two kids. And he's just, like, abuse, like screaming at them and yelling at them and throwing things at them. It's like... This is like fa- like child abuse and, and spousal abuse. That's not like why are you? It's not even, wrestling. It's just uncomfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. I hate that guy. I want to see him get his ass kicked, but I'm just uncomfortable. It yeah. just goes on. You can tell it's not really scripted, loosely scripted. And then they did a segment where two wrestlers came out and cooked. Oh you had like God. a cooking like a cooking show. Like why did somebody put money into that? The Wild Samoans did a segment where they cook fish. Oh well. Vince McMahon was in charge of everything. This was yeah. like when he's starting to make WWE, you know. So he did do whatever he wanted. He's taking all the wrestling away. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. He's got a million ideas and he just go with whatever Vince McMahon says. Jeez, he's what an awful head, head guy. That's a bad idea. Friday, June 1st, 1984, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock came out. Okay. Another Star Trek. Yes. Um, and I know you had some uh, bones to pick with this because... I know you realize that the villain, the villains of the film, were originally should have been Romulans, uh, but you know, I didn't. What but, are you talking? Well, you, I, I know, don't even I know, know Star Trek. You're a stickler, so you wanted it to be Romulans. I have never even seen a Star Trek. Upper studio management wanted Klingons to be used since they were better known enemies. Uh, by the time the decision was made, though, the Romulan ship was already built, honey. Okay. So, but but they Good did to know. Not, but they didn't want the expense of replacing it. Uh, but since. The original Star Trek 1966 series had already established that the Klingons and Romulans had shared technologies and ships so in the boring. past. Uh, Come on. The idea of this Klingons using a Romulan-style vessel was not a problem. It was okay. <laughs> this is going to be four hours long if you do this every time. I love you. Um, so Kirst- they didn't bring Kirstie Alley back. Uh, they replaced her. All right. Because of money concerns. What's next? Friday, June 8, 1984, Ghostbusters... 
came out. Oh, okay. Did you know that Eddie Murphy was originally supposed to be Winston? Oh. And he turned it down. So he was supposed to be in the movie from the beginning. Oh, yeah. But because they couldn't get Eddie Murphy and they got they the, made him, the guy replaced, they just had him come later. Later. <laughs> so okay. they cut his down. But originally, the script was written for John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and Eddie Murphy. Oh, it was supposed really? to be those three. But John Belushi died. Yep. And that's where they got Bill Murray. And Bill Murray improvised a whole bunch of scenes. Yeah. Like he does in everything. Yeah. And a lot of the great things. They they said was great. Just, Bill, it was just yeah, stuff just off him. the top of his head. Bill yeah. Murray's He's, genius. He is a genius. John Belushi was great, but I, who knows what that would have been like with John Belushi? I know. I wonder how much he improvised. I don't know. Probably a lot too. I'm guessing. Who's always coked up? Yeah. Friday, June eighth, nineteen eighty four. The Gremlins came out. I loved that movie. Did you have any stuffed animals or stuff? No, but I. You loved it. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was good. You know who does the voice of Gizmo? No. Howie Mandel. Oh, I did didn't know, know that. that. I no, did I not did know that. Voices. Um, also, the set for Kingston Falls, which is the town of, of Gremlins, mm-hmm. is the same one used for Back to the Future. Okay. Like specifically yeah. like the movie theater scene. Oh, like really? Right where, you know where that, yeah. he goes back in time and whatever. It's right there. It's back the same. Back in time. Gotta go back in time. Uh, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, June 9th, nineteen eighty four. Yep. In wrestling, oh this was a famous moment. All right, all right. Piper's Pit. This is the Jimmy Snuka coconut incident. Okay. So Piper's Pit was a show Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper hosted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a show. It was just they put a backdrop and he would interview wrestlers and then mm-hmm. piss them off and stuff and then like yeah. sometimes beat the crap out of them, make fun of them. Yeah. Jimmy Superfly Snuka was like a. Jungle guy, like mm-hmm. Islander guy, you know, he would always do this, and he always wore, like, uh, tiger print stuff. Okay. And he, he didn't wear shoes or socks or anything. He was, like, yeah. from the jungle. And so he, Roddy Piper, like, went on, and this is, like, a classic wrestling thing. Mm-hmm. Big wrestling fans all love this moment, and this okay. is, like, one of the best things. Roddy Piper was great. Yeah. Great improviser like Bill Murray. He, like Bill Murray. Like Bill Murray. Roddy yeah. Piper. You just Roddy Piper was like Bill Murray. He was. He was a great improviser. He was hilarious. He was very good. They Bill Murray's lived. like a genius. Oh, so is Roddy Roddy Piper. Come Roddy on. Roddy Piper is a genius. You Come ask on. anybody. No. You ask. I'm not. Ask. I'm not asking. Start asking. I'm not asking. I'm going to say anyway, you're wrong. So he gets all these coconuts and bananas out. And then he just starts beating the crap out of Jimmy Superfly with a coconut and then stuffs a banana in his face and like throw okay. and it was like one of the first things like controversial thing that happened. He poor Jimmy Snooker, he beat that crap out of him with coconuts and oh. it was like tragic that poor Jimmy Snooker. It was despicable. Okay. Not as despicable as those murders, but it was no. despicable. Um but it was a classic wrestling episode. It was like when wrestling was really taken mm-hmm. off. Friday, June twenty second, nineteen eighty four, the Karate Kid came out. Okay. Charlie Sheen turned down the role of Daniel LaRusso. Oh. Thank God. Thank God for everything. Can you imagine if Charlie Ugh. Sheen would have been Daniel's yes. son? Uh also Kyle Eastwood, Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood's son, auditioned for the role and when he failed to get the part, his father, Clint Eastwood, retaliated by banning all Coca Cola products from the sets of his movies. Oh, <laughs> well, how does that retaliate? <laughs> oh, because uh, the Karate Kid was owned by Coca-Cola at the time. They're, they're the Colum- Columbia Studios who made the Karate oh. Kid was owned by Coca-Cola. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. Too. I was like, who cares? Yeah. And they initially offered the role to Sean Penn. 
Well, that would have been weird, too. That would have been weird, too. Spicoli. Spicoli. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday, July 1st, 1984. Yes. Uh, President Ronald Reagan called ice cream a nutritious and wholesome food and established National Ice Cream Month. That old man was, that crazy old man. Well, well. He probably uh, didn't know where, what, what planet Nancy, he was on. I, uh, I used to do a great Ronnie Reagan. You don't do one, not anymore. Well. That sounds exactly like him. Well, I don't know, Barbara. Uh, Saturday, July 7th, 1984. Mm-hmm. Prince, When Doves Cry is the new number one song on the Billboard yes. charts. You know anything about that, so- Just that song? Just that he played all the instruments on the song. When Doves like Cry. Besides writing it and composing he the track. Played he played everything. He played all the instruments. He's a genius. He is. He is a super genius. Yeah, Prince was great. Man, that guy's great. He made a lot of crap, but he made yeah. a lot of great stuff, too. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> I guess you got to make a lot of crap to make good yes, stuff. Yes, I think that's true. Monday, July 23rd, 1984. Just look at ours in the 90s. <laughs> what? Oh, our 90s episode. 1990. Yeah, now yeah. we're getting good at this. Get but that better. was our plan. Yeah, our plan was right. to you Get know better. use ni- 90s to figure out what yep. the hell we're doing. But now I think we got a good cohesive thing here. Friday, July 20th. Revenge of the Nerds comes out. Oh! Yes, so Robert Carradine moved to the University of Arizona two weeks before shooting to get into character as Louis Skolnick. He brought only his nerd clothes to wear. He couldn't bring himself to leave his hotel room for three days, so that didn't work. Um, The University of Arizona agreed to let filmmakers shoot at the campus, then revoked permission after reading the script. Eventually, they changed their minds and let them shoot there, and many students were used as extras. Can you imagine? That would be fun. Can you imagine that, college? Extra in Revenge of the Nerds? In a, in, in a movie. and Just oh, in a movie. Yeah. Oh, movie Not necessarily that. Revenge of the Nerds. Um, contrary to common anecdote, the belching sound was not the sound of two camels mating. Rather, it was a combination <laughs> of a person's belch with that of a camel added for resonance and longevity. Yeah, the big bugger yeah. burps real loud. Yeah. That movie really rubs me the wrong way nowadays though oh it does not hold up the oh whole, my the whole God. premise is date rape yeah it is it's they, they awful win, they win in the end by raping a woman yeah it was it yeah, was it's it, terrible I mean, it's really really i can't really believe bad. that was ever accepted like you watch it now but i think a lot of the 80s movies you can't watch anymore no it's like, oh gosh that's that that was terrible yeah why was that accepted you know i yeah, know the, they win in the end by date by, raping by their, raping the, that yeah. popular girl yeah yeah it's disgusting it's awful. Yeah. It's date rape. It's terrible. I remember when when I watched that movie, I was older than when it came out, and it was yeah. on like HBO or something. Yeah. And so I was probably, um, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14, something like that. Yeah. But um, I remember watching that scene and getting a stomachache. Really? Even without realizing why. I didn't know why. But because um, they don't play it like it's rape. No. Well, and then she, she's like, oh, he's so good at sex. I like yeah, him. Yeah, right. I love and, him now. But I, but even though they didn't play it like that and I didn't know like any better, it would give me a stomachache to right, watch it. Right. Like I, I, I could tell that that was not okay. Right. At that, even at that point. Because it's so gross. Yep. Revenge of the Nerds. Yep. Not good. No, I had July 27th too. I don't know if you have. Although the... Um, the song at the end of the talent show was great uh, with Worms or, and that little Asian guy who gets drunk. and Well, and then that's the other thing about Revenge of the Nerds. The black guy is is considered a nerd just because he's gay. Gay, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's the only reason he's I a mean, nerd. Not to say that 
it's okay for anybody to be considered a nerd, but all these outcasts, and then oh, a, a gay black guy because he's gay, he's yeah. part of you guys too. Like yeah. he's just outcast. I don't know. It's oh, just yeah. a weird thing. He's just he's just a gay guy. July twenty third, Monday, July twenty third, nineteen eighty four. Vanessa Williams, mm-hmm. the first black Miss America, loses her crown. The only Vanessa Williams. No, <laughs> there was a whole other Vanessa Williams that won awards. Vanessa Williams, the first black Miss America, loses her crown because of some artsy nude photos That's right. taken several years earlier mm-hmm. that were published in Penthouse Magazine. It was also the first time a male, George, mm-hmm. George Burns, appeared on the cover of Playboy. Oh. With Vanessa Williams nude? No. She, in the her, nude? She wasn't on the cover. Her I pictures know. pictures were inside. Inside of it. Uh, uh, Tracy Lords was on the cover, I think, and, and yeah, she was... Tracy Lawrence was a centerfold, and no one is actually allowed. You can't get that issue anymore. You're not even allowed to have that issue in the United States. Why? Be- because Tracy Lawrence was underage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's big illegal. Scandal, yeah. Uh, Vanessa Williams went on to become one of the most successful Miss Americas ever, but not the most successful Vanessa Williams. No. That's Boom. what it says. That's what it says. No, it's not. It doesn't say that. Friday, July 7th, 1984. Wait a minute. Friday, July 7th, 1984. Oh. I'm setting you up, babe. I'm teeing you up. We already, we're past July 7th. July 27th. 27th. Oh, Friday, Purple July 27th. Rain. The movie Purple Rain came out. Purple so, Rain. Um, Purple yeah. Rain. I've never seen Purple Rain. I haven't either. I thought you did. That's why I gave that to you. No, I've never seen it. I thought it. you were going to have this big story about, oh, I saw this with Katie and we loved it. We dressed no. like purple. We weren't allowed. It's rated. It's almost rated X, I think. It is? Yeah, it's supposed to be a lot of sex in Purple it. Rain? Yeah. Yeah, He's he, he has sex with all kinds of sex. Prince? Yes. I thought it was Whoopi Goldberg was in it. There was a... Extremely explicit sex scene between Vanity and the kid during the Rite of Rage scene. It's unknown if the scene was actually filmed when Apollonia replaced Vanity as the leading lady. This adds to the mystery of a long-rumored early edit of Purple Rain that was given an X rating by the MPAA. I don't even... I never even... I don't even know what Purple Rain's about. It's it's a romance of some sort. I think... Prince Prince is in it, right? Oh, yeah. He's He's the main guy. The kid. I... We should... I don't want. I have no desire to watch that. I just can't imagine. That's him another talking. one that's. I don't. Because Prince never spoke. Would, I don't think that one. Well, Tim Anderson stand asked, up. Asked to specifically mention, "Don't leave out Purple Rain." I don't I, think it would stand up. I, I honestly, it's embarrassing to admit, but I think I thought the color purple, no, and, and Purple Rain were the same thing. Oh my God! <laughs> You've never seen the color purple? Uh uh-uh. uh That's a good movie. Well, the play is coming soon, so I. Should you have an watch opportunity. It. Yeah. I, th- I always got those mixed Don't up. Don't take our daughter to it. No? No, because there's bad stuff in there's it. There's sex in that, too? There's They talk about sex and stuff. Oh, man. And I think there might be a rape in it. Gosh, why is rape everywhere? Yeah. Everyone loves rape, except for me. I'm the only person who doesn't like rape. You, that's true. Yeah, that's weird. Everyone else Everyone loves else it. Everyone else loves it. Like, man, no rape for me. No thanks. Especially Dennis Rape, who's running for council student. Yeah, that's right. Ed- uh, School or something. Saturday, July 28, 1984, during the 1984 Los Angeles Olympics, McDonald's had a campaign called, If the U.S. Wins, You Win, for free food when USA wins a medal, causing huge financial losses because Team USA won more medals than experience. USA won more medals than expected due to many Soviet countries boycotting the Olympics. 
Mm. We're going to jump to August here. Friday, August 10th, Red Dawn came out. That's right. And Patrick Swayze got frostbite during filming. <laughs> a few years later, he said it still felt like someone shoving toothpicks up his fingernails when it got too cold. You ever see that? And it was also the first motion picture released with PG-13. Really? Red mm-hmm. Dawn was, huh? Yep, that's when it came out. Did you ever see it? No. Me neither. I've never seen that one. I've never been a big Swayze head. I've never been a big war movie fan. Oh, it's about war. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. It's about war. Saturday, August 11th, 1984. Do you have anything before that? Nope. My next one's not until September 1st. Okay. On August 11th, 1984, United States President Ronald Reagan, while running for re-election, was preparing to make his weekly Saturday radio address, mm-hmm. radio address on national public radio. Mm-hmm. During a sound check before the address, Reagan made the following joke to the radio technicians. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Oh. The joke was a parody on the opening line of the day's speech. But Russians, it got to Russians, and they were all freaked out. Oh, People wow. were all nuts, and it got crazy. And uh, How did it get to the Russians? Oh, uh, it got, just word got out that that happened, and it was like oh, a whole big thing. I mean, it wasn't a huge thing. It was avoided, any yeah. issues, but it was not a good idea. No. Saturday, September 1st, 1984, a new number one single on the Billboard charts. What's love got to do? Got to do this. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? That's right. So um, it was best female video that year, and it was best. It brought her back from the brink. Tina Turner was a bad ass. Yeah, it brought her back. Yeah, the vengeance. Yeah, I just remember I didn't. I only knew her as 80s Tina Turner. Yeah. This crazy-out-looking yeah. old grizzled thing. Yeah. And then since I've gone back and watched and seen, she's unbelievable. She was, she yeah. she was gorgeous. Yeah, she was. Uh, and so, you know, she's like a grandma at this point. Yeah. Right? And she still was pretty pretty, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty badass. Uh, to that big-ass hair. Yeah. And see, see that video where she's walking down the street. Yeah. Singing, going with by the chain link fence and Wearing stuff. Wearing a bunch of gold. And, yeah. yeah. She's awesome. What's the next one? Saturday, September 29th. We're going to jump back. Oh, yeah. Then all the way to the, the end. next. Uh, the next yeah, a new uh, number one. Single. Prince and the Revolution, Let's Go Crazy. Let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. Yep. And I don't have anything. You don't have anything? So I do. Common to much of Prince's writing, the song is thought to be extremely exhortation to follow Christian ethics with the D elevator of the lyrics being a metaphor for the devil. Not gonna let this D elevator bring us down. Oh no, let's go. Is that what he says? Crazy. Yeah. I thought let's it was just nuts. let the elevator. But here's the part that, no, it's D, let D elevator. That's what they say. Uh, but what I don't understand is the part where they say, let's look for the purple banana till they Put us in the truck. What? What does that mean? That's not what they say. It is. Those are the lyrics. Let's look for the purple banana till they put us in the truck. You made that no, up. No, I looked up the lyrics because I just wanted to see, like, what are they ta- I was trying to look up what they meant about the Christian thing. And I have no idea. Purple banana. And he yeah. says it twice. That's weird. What's a purple banana? Is he's, that a penis? A purple banana. Ew, I guess Because a is. penis is kind of purplish. Well, and he's Prince, the purple whatever. 
It's his penis. Let's look for the purple banana until they put us in the truck? So what? I don't... So have sex. Is that sex? Yeah, pretty sure. Purple banana. It's <laughs> gross. Purple banana, baby. That's crazy. Yeah. You think Prince's penis is purple? No. That guy probably knows how to bang, though, don't you think? Yeah. He's Son- dead. Uh, he died. He's dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you killed him. Sunday, October 14th, 1984. The 19th- Wait, I have something October 10th. Oh, October 10th. The October 10th. The Rajneeshi bioterror attack. Ooh. In 1984, a cult sprayed salmonella on doorknobs and food in a town in Oregon Ugh. to poison 751 people so they'd be too sick to vote, and what? the cult could take over the town. Did it was the largest biological attack in U.S. history. 45 people were hospitalized. Gross. Did they take over? No. No. Um, All the, Everybody voted anyway? So it was food poisoning of 751 individuals in the Dales, Oregon, through the deliberate contamination of salad bars at 10 local restaurants with salmonella. A leading group of the followers of Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, um, also known as the Rajneeshis, had hoped to incapacitate the voting population of the city so their own candidate would win the 1984 Wasco County election. Did he win? The incident was the first and single largest bioterror, you said that, having previously gained political control of Antelope, Oregon, Rajneesh's followers, who were based in nearby Rajneeshpuram, sought election to two of the three seats on the Wasco County Circuit Court that was up for election. Fearing they would not gain enough votes, some officials decided to incapacitate voters in the Dales and the large population center. They chose a biological agent was salmonella, which was delivered through glasses of water and then on a larger scale at salad bars and in salad dressing. Um, and sprayed on doorknobs. And sprayed on doorknobs. That's right. So, uh, da, 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 da. that's pretty much all I have about it. So the candidate didn't win? No. No, they got caught. The candidate was the guy. The oh, okay. Sunday, October 14th, 1984. Yeah. Well, the 1984 World Series began on October 9th, the day before that Rajneeshi mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. But it ended on October 14th, 1984. The American League champion Detroit Tigers defeated in four games to one the San Diego Padres. Mm. This was the city of Detroit's first sports championship since the Tigers themselves won the 1968 World Series. Alan Trammell was the MVP, and I remember this yeah. big time because I'm from close to Detroit, and it's everybody true. was crazy go nuts for this. Yeah, and we watched all these games. I loved all these players at the time. I had yeah. Detroit Tigers wristbands oh, uh, that I wore every day. Uh, and You're I was, not a big Detroit Tigers fan now. I'm not now. Then I was because oh. they won the World Series, so I think yeah. that's why I became. Uh, yeah, I love Lou Whitaker, Alan Trammell. Uh, uh, Lance Parrish. You've uh, loved them. Kirk Gibson, all these guys. Jack Morris. Sparky Anderson was the uh, the manager. an old old man, really old man. Jeez. Um, but uh, Chet Lemon was the best. God, I who loved cares? I, I don't know. I just I was a little kid, and this I remember. This mm-hmm. is my first time even being aware of baseball. Yeah. So somebody bought me the wristbands, I think. And yeah. So I was a Tigers fan because they were every. I mean, Tigers were mm-hmm. everything then. Um, and we went to a game when I was that year, I think. Uh, I was real little. I didn't really understand baseball, really. But um, Okay. Well, I guess I was eight. I guess it's not that little. All right, move on. Thursday, October 18th. Yes. October 18th, an oddly shaped hole, mm-hmm. about 10 by 7 
feet deep. No, 10, 10 by 7 by 2 feet deep was reportedly found on a farm near Grand Coulee, Washington. Mm. A large section of earth, roughly the same size and shape as the hole, mm -hmm. rested on the ground 75 feet away. Ooh. Aliens? Scientists now believe that the cookie cutter phenomenon is yeah. caused by two seismic events intersecting. Wow. Creating constructive interference and ejecting out a small chunk of earth. But that's but, but then there was a lot of alien talk. Yeah. A lot of what in the world is this and how did this Where happen? was that? Grand Coulee, Washington. C O U L E E. Cowley. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, I would definitely say aliens. Yeah. It was two days after your birthday. Yeah. After your two days after your forty fifth birthday. Oh, you wish. Uh, Friday, October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty four. Terminator. The Terminator. The you, Terminator. OJ Simpson was considered for the Terminator, but the producers feared he was too nice to be taken seriously as a cold blooded <laughs> killer. Except that he is a killer. Yeah. He killed. Um. Lady. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's famous line, I'll be I'll be back. I'll be back. Was originally scripted as I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back. That sounds stupid if you say it. I'll come back later, a little bit later. Yeah, he keeps talking. A few more hours a after. Few more hours. A few hours after the current moment. It will be later <laughs> that I'll come back and then I'll be here. Also, people, Tom Selleck was rumored to be cast as the Terminator, <laughs> but was forced to turn down the role due to his due to being on Magnum PI. Kevin Klein and Michael Douglas were also considered. Plus, where would his mustache go? I know. And the, the whole thing, like the sun. Can you imagine? That would be awful. Terminator can't have a mustache. No. Tuesday, November sixth, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was three thousand seven hundred and sixty one votes shy in Minnesota of winning every state in the nineteen eighty four presidential election. He was going against Walter Mondale, right? Yep. Ronald oh. Reagan won every single state except Jeez. for Minnesota. That's that's embarrassing for Mondale. He had five hundred and twenty five electoral votes more than any other president. It's really embarrassing knowing that he was one of the worst presidents ever, too. He's yeah, ruined, he ruined a lot of things. Yeah, but um, they don't tell tell a Republican that they. Oh, he's like a god. Yeah, he is a god to them. But he, well, I mean, James Buchanan was way worse. <laughs> uh, that guy f started the whole fucking civil war, basically. He did. Yeah, it's all his fault. Yeah, he <laughs> he was terrible, and. He was also gay, but that had nothing to do with. We'll get to it when we get to the eighteen whatever. Oh, we're gonna get there. we're gonna get a James Buchanan in the eighteen forties episode. Yeah, fifties. Um, Thursday, November twenty second, nineteen eighty four. WCW Starcade. One million dollars is the prize in the match between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, with Smoking Joe Frazier as guest referee. And Joe Frazier stopped the fight because Dusty Rhodes was bleeding from his eye. Mm. Dusty Rhodes was pissed, though, because he was like, this ain't boxing. We don't stop fights. Breast blood is part of the thing, you asshole. Well, Ric Flair was, uh, they were both covered in blood. He and Dusty Rhodes were always covered in blood. But yeah. he was wearing a pink, uh, pink tights. Uh, Tully Blanchard also took on Ricky Steamboat at that match yeah. at WCW Starcade. But Ricky Steamboat was about to pin him, but Tully Blanchard pulled a foreign object from his tights. Okay. And he hit him in the head with a foreign object. It's not right. I know. It's cheating. That it's terrible. Right. That ain't right, honey. That and then right. uh, Sunday, November 25th, 1984, 
Do They Know It's Christmas was released. I hate that song. Do they know it's Christmas after Like some kind of aid? Band-Aid. Band-Aid, yeah. The band was named Band-Aid and recorded the song and raw video footage within a day. The band included members of Genesis, Paul Young, Marilyn, Shalimar, U2, The Style Council, Wham!, Ultravox, Heaven 17, Spando Ballet, Bananarama, Cool in the Gang, Jeez, what a Sting, group. The Police, Status Quo, Duran Duran, The Boomtown Rats, David Bowie, Culture Club, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Paul McCartney, and Big Country. Big Country. It was like all the British mm-hmm. 80s bands. Yeah. In a That's big such a crew. country, dreams kind of Oh, you. is that what they said? All right. What's next? On the mountainside. Stop. Monday, December 3rd, 1984. A Union Carbide plant in Bhopal, India, began leaking 27 tons of the deadly gas methyl isosinate. 20,000 people were killed, and an additional 120,000 suffered ailments from this disaster. Was that rural? Shush. (laughs) Over 500,000 people were exposed to the gas. Um... Uh, the highly toxic substance made its way in and around the shanty towns located near the plant. Estimates vary on the toll on the death toll. So uh, the cause of the disaster remains under debate. The Indian government and local activists argue slack management and deferred maintenance created a situation where routine pipe maintenance caused a backflow of water into the tank, triggering the disaster. I'm deleting that one. Yeah, that one's boring. boring. <laughs> you get, you sent me that. I know, I know. You just, I just never know about them. Yeah, you don't know until you read them, and you read it very boringly. Well, it was uh, boring. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> I had no dust toll. Yeah, do it yeah. more excitingly. Have a boob out, maybe. No. Wednesday, December 5th, 1984, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Eddie Murphy became very tired while filming the police station sequences. The crew offered him coffee, but he refused to drink it because he refused to take any drugs of any kind. Oh, is that true? Eventually, Murphy relented and took small sips of coffee to stay awake. But he then became super energized and ad-libbed the super cop's monologue. Which I don't know what that is, but now and then it began. It. Now he's yeah, full blown he drug addict. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not crack. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, he probably. I mean, yeah, but you can see why he. Yep. You hadn't had coffee ever in your uh-huh. life. Um, also, this is Damon Wayans' film de- debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sylvester Stallone was originally supposed to be the main role. Uh, okay. But he quit the film. Uh, that would have been a weird. According Maybe. to Steve Burkoff in a UK newspaper interview, he quit the film because of disagreements about the orange juice for his trailer. The, uh, yeah. But Sylvester so Sloan said it was something else. But um, Bronson Pinchot almost dropped out of the film. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. He played like the gay decorator or whatever. Yeah. He almost dropped out of the film due to production delays and an impending trip to Florence, Italy. He mm-hmm. grew restless and despite being a virtual unknown, said if they didn't start production, he would have to drop out. Oh my! What a diva. Yeah, yeah he he's supposedly a, a huge asshole. A- asshole. Like, yeah, I could tell. That's I, yeah. I was in a I was in a play in Chicago with <laughs> two connections to Perfect Strangers. Yeah, in a funny way. One guy had been in a play with Balky. Yeah. Uh, what what's his Bronson name? Bronson Pincho. And the other guy had been in a play with the guy who played Larry. On, yeah. On uh, uh, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. And the guy who was in the who knew Larry said he was great. Like yeah, Mark Lynn Baker, I think his name. That guy's great. Mm-hmm. And the guy who said Balky was 
just an asshole. Huge oh, I bet. diva. I thought he was the greatest thing in the world. Uh, it sounds so like it. Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> asshole. Yeah, idiot. Saturday, December 8th, 1984. Daryl Hall and John Oates, out of touch. Out of touch. You're out of touch. Get out I'm of out of So this oh. video is awful. awful. Uh Daryl Hall is wearing a leopard suit, and John Oates is wearing zebra pants, and they yeah. somehow got shrunk, and they're inside of a drum, and they're dancing around. And, and John Oates does a montage of cartwheels. John Oates does cartwheels. In slow motion. slow motion cartwheels for John Oates while he's wearing zebra pants. That I so couldn't terrible. believe. And then he's like playing the pedal drum. That He's like jumping, stomping on the pedal drum because it's giant. Uh, to the bass drum because it's a giant drum. <laughs> they're so dumb. And their 80s dance. Oh, terrible. I know. They're both just rocking out, though. Like, you turn it down and you look at it, it looks like a heavy rock video. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Out. And then you turn on the music and it starts. crappy music. I made our daughter watch it. Yes, you did. Here's what she said about it. I actually liked it. It was actually a really catchy tune, um, but I, the the music video is sort of weird, but not that much because I live in a weird family. Wait a minute, you live in a weird family? Of course I do. Wait, you said it's a. It's, you don't think it's terrible at all? No, it's actually pretty good. And you don't think it's garbage? No. What about the dancing specifically in the video? The eighties dancing. I don't really care about it. The cartwheels were. On point, they were magnificent. <laughs> you, you, so John Oates doing a, a cartwheel and then doing a cartwheel in slow motion, you thought was on point, meaning it was good. Awesome. You, John Oates's cartwheel was awesome, is what you're saying. What did you think ab- about them being miniature inside of a giant drum? I didn't even know they were miniature. What about their clothes? What about what they were wearing? John Oates was wearing zebra pants <laughs> and doing cartwheels. With a tank top on, and Daryl Hall was wearing a suit with a leopard print suit and cowboy boots. So you liked it? Yes, I did. You liked their clothes? Yes. If I wore a leopard suit and feathered my hair like Daryl Hall, you think that'd be cool? No, because you don't look like you're from the 80s. All right, and that was Audrey Rose. Uh, Her reaction to Daryl Hall and John Oates. Out of touch. Okay. Friday, December 14th, 1984, mm-hmm. Dune came out. And when Dune came out, several theaters handed out a laminated cheat sheet to try to minimize audience confusion. I've never seen Dune. I haven't either. What is it even about? I don't know. Sting is in it, and it's in the desert. I don't know. I get Tron and Dune mixed up. Yeah, Beef. My uh, mm-hmm. half-brother loved Beef. or loved Beef. My loved brother Beef, beef loved Dune all yeah. the time, and I never understood. It was like a giant book that he had, and I... I never even Dune. understood it just stupid. what it was or what it was even about. I just know Sting was in it. That's stupid. Dune. Yeah, I guess it's stupid. Dune sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just never understood what it even was happening. Yeah. What is it? Uh, so if you have to hand out a laminated uh, Thing to, yeah, cheat so, sheets, mm-hmm. then it's probably It's probably good. bad. Saturday, December 22nd, 1984. Like a virgin. Ooh. Madonna bursts on the scene with her first number one hit, Like a Virgin. Like a Virgin, that's right. Yep. And she's rolling around in the 
She was hot. In a wedding dress. Everyone, I mean, she was a whole new thing. Yeah, was she like, was. She was her own. It's okay to be slutty and yep. everyone get your beavers out because it's good. Yeah, it's all good in the hood. Yeah. Yep. Do a bunch of coke and get your snatch out. Coke? Snatch? What are you talking Isn't about? Is that what she did? No. Oh. Anyway, she was rolling all around. Everybody wanted to have sex with Madonna. That's everyone right. wanted to have sex with Madonna. Everyone. All right. What That's else? it? You don't have anything about that? Nope. Okay. Monday, December 31st, 1984. But, okay. You have something else? Well, Christmas, but we can just do Christmas at the end. No, let's do Christmas now. All right, so I got some toys for the Christmas of 1984. Oh. The popular toys. Christmas 1984. What were the toys that yes. people had? So we had the year? Imperial Shuttle. Journey to Another Galaxy with Star Wars, Return of the Jedi Durable Plastic Toys. The Imperial Shuttle had laser Imperial sounds, shuttle. open side panels, and automatic wings. I don't know if I remember which one the shuttle was. I have to see. Yeah. It. There was a Menudo rock guitar. Mm. So there's that. Menudo. I forgot about Menudo. Yep. And there was an R2-D2 toy box. Children will love oh. pulling him from room to room and lifting off the molded plastic top to, view to-, to stow toys away. Oh, I think we may have had something... To it that could have been. I know I had a stuffed animal R2-D2. There was a A-Team moving target game. See if you have what it takes to join the A-Team. You can test your skills as you shoot down the rotating targets. While you sing Boy George songs. Yeah, that's right. There was a Barbie called Twirly Curls Barbie, and it had this little, she had like hair down to her feet, and then <laughs> it had this little machine that you put it, and it twirled her hair around. Oh. It was kind of dumb because you could just do it yourself. There was an A-Team van. That came out. Oh, the eighteen van. Did yes. you have it? I had the diecast van. Oh, okay. Like this was the this store. was a bigger one. Oh. Than that. And then the Barbie Camper. It was called Barbie Star Traveler, but it was the Barbie Camper came out and I had this motor home for you Barbie. You were too old. You're like twenty five. Not in nineteen eighty four. You weren't? No. You were twelve. I had this Barbie Star Traveler. Okay. And um it was awesome. It was. It might have been a, a newer version of the one that I had. Yeah, now that maybe you say you had that, because yeah. I got it when I was pretty young, but it was pretty cool. Um, maybe Col- you're not as old as you think you are. Coleco Video, Coleco Vision, Coleco Vision, Beef had Coleco Vision. Did he? Yep, that was it. Came out. Our brother, we called him Beef. Yep, superheroes and supervillains figures on wheels sets. The hero Spider-Man is seated on a racing bike. The villain Doc Octopus is seated in a blaster car. Doc Ock. There was a Garfield lunchbox. Andy had that. Did he? Andy was a nerd. Had Garfield lunchbox. He loved Garfield everything. He had a Garfield watch. There was GoBots. I stole his Garfield watch one year, and I gave it to him for Christmas. (laughs) Did you have GoBots? Andy had GoBots. Andy loved GoBots. And then... uh, And he would play with them uh, uh, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And like we had one toilet, we had one bathroom. Yeah, growing up, and he would just take his toys in there and play with them while he's pooping, and everybody was aggravated. You guys you could playing hear with your toys in the toilet—that's the second story of that. Andy would. What you the, did. What you was the first you lost your Han Solo in the toilet. No, no, with I, was, I was playing in the toilet. That's he, awful. He was sitting on the toilet. Poop, I know, pooping but while he played. You guys were just always in the toilet playing. Well, we didn't have smartphones. What do you want us to do? Well, but I don't know what you were doing. You weren't even pooping. Why were you playing on the toilet? Because my, my mom was doing her makeup, and it was an action scene. Han, Hawthorne Solo was getting swallowed up by the Sarlacc pit, and he was That's disgusting. He had to jump out. You were a dirtball. 
So well, then there we, was we live on the lark side. We were poor. We played in toilets. Haunted we're house. Toilet people. The haunted house. The haunted house obstacle course game, and it was like this 3D haunted house that was like stood up from the table. Yeah. And you tried to reach the top of the haunted house first. Yeah, sounds dumb. It was. Um. And that is. Those are pretty much all of the. For 1984, there's no bag of Coke? No bag of Coke huh. for children. You had to be 16 to do oh, that. I would think like a like a pretend bag of Coke, like candy cigarettes. Right. Like Fun Dip. I, I guess Fun it. Dip was that, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of. All right. In the last day of 1984, something significant happened. Yes. Uh, Rick Allen was the drummer for Def Leppard. Yes. Uh, did you know that he, Lost used to, his arm. he used to have two arms? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, up until December 31st of 1984, he had two arms. Okay. And he, uh, he lost one. He lost it in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he thought he could never play again, and he got very depressed until a fellow drummer helped him design an electronic drum kit that could be played with one arm. And he returned to the band in 86. On the afternoon of December 31st, 1984, Alan was involved in a car accident with his girlfriend, Miriam Berenson, in the English countryside a few miles west of Sheffield. Mm. While trying to pass another car at a high speed, he lost control of his Corvette, which hit a dry stone wall and entered a field. He was thrown from the car because the seatbelt had been improperly fastened. Oh. Do you think it was even fastened at all? No. Nobody wore seatbelts in 1984. No, that's true. Causing his left arm to be severed. While his girlfriend suffered head injuries, resulting in grade two concussion and brain swelling. How did his arm get severed, I wonder? She also suffered neck and spine injuries from severe whiplash. Doctors initially reattached Alan's arm, but because of an infection, had to be re-amputated. Ooh. And then they put it back on again, and then re-amputated it again. No, you're and kidding. And then put it on a fourth time. Now you stop. And amputated a fifth Now you're time. making things up. No, just, just, just the once. once. Again, yeah. Uh, his right shoulder was also severely broken in the accident. Oh, yep. I wonder how he. I wonder how that happened. How do you lose your arm in oh, a car accident? You know, crazy, horrible accident. I mean, yeah. some of those accidents. Have you seen cars after they're smashed? Like yeah. that? I mean, just everything goes yeah. everywhere. I you guess hit you're all right. Kinds of stuff. You flying all over them with no yeah. seatbelt on. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I just. I just listen to this. NPR show where they talk with this guy who was having nightmares because he hit a family. No, oh, geez. Uh, and they, they were, the family was in the wrong. They swerved. He was driving a semi, and uh, he he suffers PTSD because a little girl's arm oh. was hanging outside of the car. Like, oh god! And he saw it. Saw her arm standing there. The girl died, and whatever. And he was. Oh, but then god. he sued. He sued the family. What? Uh, for damages because he has PTSD and couldn't go back to work for years because he was so traumatized by it. So they lost their child and he sued him. But he wanted Jeez. to sue the insurance company, So, but he had to sue them. So isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was Rick Allen, Def Leppard. That was All 1984. Right. Then that wraps it up. I just realized today that there was something wrong with my spreadsheet that had all the number one songs, so we skipped some songs. We didn't talk about oh. Owner of a Lonely Heart. That's okay. Better. That's not a bad song. Owner by Yes. Yeah. In that video, a guy jumps off a, remember he jumps off a building? No, I don't like, remember the video at all. He was like high on drugs or something, and he thought he would grow wings, and he jumped off a, a building. 
and he killed himself or oh, something. Wow. It was like, I really, really remember that very well. Yeah. Much better than an owner of a broken heart. We talked about Karma Chameleon, but Jump Van Halen. Yeah, jump that video. was that's a good song. We never talked about that, and that that's a great song. It's Miles another one. Is talking about suicide or whatever, right? Oh, is that what he's talking about? I think he's singing about suicide. Go ahead and jump. Hey, you. Who said that? I think Maybe he's singing about. Yeah, I think he's singing. Can't see me standing here. I got my back against a record machine. Yeah. I ain't the worst that you see. I don't think he's talking about killing himself. I think. No, we'll have to listen. I don't think so. I think he's just jumping for rock and roll. Oh, okay. Maybe not. But that's another one where you, that's what you look like in the morning. That video. I know. Maybe We've already know. covered that. Uh, we're talking about Footloose. Against all odds. Take a look at me now. We don't care about that. Hello. Ugh. Is it me you're and looking for? And I don't for? care about that another either. One. And that was a great video because Lionel Richie was singing. He's a blind girl. Yeah, he's singing, singing to a to. blind person. He just keeps popping out of nowhere singing to her. And she, <laughs> and she makes a, a sculpture of his head yeah. with his giant mustache. It is big. Yeah. And this is big one of giant those, mustache this on is his one head. of those ones that on online now they have that the videos where they take the music out. Mm -hmm. And the best one is Mick Jagger and David Bowie dancing in the street. Oh, yeah. And they take the music out. And it's just them dancing. And you just hear them shuffling around. <laughs> it's very, very funny. It is funny. Just call it, it's like musicless video, I think it's called. And they have one of this one. Oh, they do? And it's just like this girl walking around, Lionel Richie jumping out going, Hello. <laughs> Hello, and there's no music. It's just really weird, but it's it's funny. It is funny. Um, let's hear it for the boy. I think we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Right? Yep. Time after time after time. Yeah, I don't like that one. You call and I said, did you be All right. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about the reflex. Duran oh, that Duran. I used to love that song. That was a great song. The reflex. All these things. It's all these conversations we child got. waiting in the dark. The reflex. Is in charge of finding pleasure in the maybe, dark. Maybe this is the best Duran Duran song. I mean, Hungry Like the Wolf was great. Yeah. When Doves Cry. We didn't talk oh, about that Oh, that's one. a great song. When Doves Cry. Bim, 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 Dig if bim, you bim, will bim, the picture. You and I engage in, in a, a kiss. kiss. That is a great song. Ghostbusters. We, I think we talked about Ghostbusters. So we only talked about the crappy songs. We just talked about a few. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, missing you. Since you've been gone away, oh I ain't missing you at all. Is that yeah. John Waite? Is that right? I think so. I just called to, to say, say I, love I love you. That's a crappy song. That was another one, 84, we didn't talk about. Uh, Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen. Mm -hmm. That's what made me look this up because we talked about that earlier. And you couldn't remember what year it was. Yeah. Uh, whams wake me up before, before you go go, go. Yeah. that's the one that i can't believe you didn't know no, it was gay. was gay you didn't either uh i didn't know anything back then but no he was wearing nobody was aware a pink sweatshirt and yeah. white finger yellow fingerless gloves and jorts yeah <laughs> and dancing <sighs> super uh, gay i apologize to all of you People who were like They're ready to people listen. People that are 84. used to and demand quality. And they were ready for that, and then they were and like, "Oh my god, disappointment!" Eighty-four is over, and you didn't even talk about that, you idiots. That's right. God. All poor, right. Poor Tim Anderson. That was nineteen eighty-four. George R. Well was right. That's right. So where can uh, people listen to us, sweetheart? Where, well, where they, can you find us? Well, they're already listening to us. Where can you find us well, on social medias and stuff? Oh, you can hit us up at History for Jerks on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, we're at we're on Instagram mm -hmm. 
uh, at History for Jerks, or I don't know if it's an at. I don't know how Instagram works exactly. But Instagram's kind of connected to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can ask us questions on there. You can go to historyforjerks.com and leave comments directly to us. Yeah. Um, but we also want to thank all the f- cool folks at uh, Potter and Family, hashtag Potter and Family, because um, they're really, a lot of people are uh, retweeting and tweeting us and and everything like that. And I like to, uh, it's always cool to just mention somebody. Mm-hmm. So I'm, right now I'm going to look up hashtag Potter and Family right now. And there is a show called I Shake My Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a new episode out, Peeves and Annoyances. The newest episode from I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. These ladies are revealing what pet peeves they have in general with and with each other. They dish on deodorant, tomato sandwiches, and so much more. So there you go. Listen there to that. Go. Listen to that. And then, so I'll, then I'll tell them that we mentioned them in our podcast. Oh, no, nice. They'll they, mention us. They might There's... feel obligated to mention us, and yeah. then we all help each other out. That's how the. That's a great thing. That's how it works there that's with right. the uh, with the Potter family. And I'm going to go ahead and just follow these gals right now. Yeah. Uh, they're on Podbean. We're also on Podbean. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that is, but we're on Podbean. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I signed up for it and I paid for it, which I probably shouldn't have, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is. Yeah. Uh, but they have a feature where we can be added to YouTube automatically somehow. So I got to figure that out. Yeah. Some people just watch YouTube. They don't How they listen watch to anything. It. You can just listen to it, and it just has your logo up there, but you can listen to it on YouTube. Oh, okay. It's got an app and all this other stuff. So, anyway, that's that. And um, what else was... There were some other things. Oh, we should mention some other things or not. I think we're We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. uh, Twitter. Leave us a review. Uh, Rate and review. Rate and... Yeah, we need more uh, ratings and reviews, even if you've already done it. Do it again. Uh, make a fake another name on iTunes yeah. and give us another review. But the people that have done it already are great. Yes. Um, Thank we you. We love you people. Uh, and those of you who are loyal listeners, like, man, love you guys. Keep telling your friends, though. Just That's tell right. everybody. That's right. Uh, take your shirt off. Get a tattoo. We're going to have uh, T-shirts soon. Yes. Stickers. Yes. Um, um, I was thinking for the stickers ballers. we should have. It needs to say American Timelines Podcast. That's what it says. Oh, I thought it just said American Timelines. No, American Timelines Podcast. Oh, good. Okay, and perfect. And then Melon Ballers. We're getting Melon yes, Ballers. We bras. Uh, well, yeah, bras. Uh, we're getting um, training. Training bras. Bras. And we're getting, um, <laughs> we're getting uh, floss. All right. Let's get out of here, Chuck me- Berry. Uh, t- uh, dental floss. We got to be done now. Uh, and we're getting chicken. We got to be done now. Chickens. Say goodbye. Oh, shit. Did you see that? Fucking Chuck Berry's in here again. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, could you please get out of here? Get out of here, Chuck. Could you please leave, Chuck Berry? Quit looking at me. Please leave. Don't look at it. This is a bathroom. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. We're standing on the corner like a night of rain.